Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you're tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, Charles Hammaker. This is episode 128 of the show. I'm coming off of our interview uh, with Lauren Barnes. If you have not checked that out, please go and give that a listen or check the video out on YouTube. Uh, was really, really cool to speak with the captain uh, of the team of the rain, a rain original, uh, just an all out standout human being. So uh, regardless of that, we will uh, head into kind of a oddly somewhat quiet week of Seattle sports. I know the past few weeks I've been like, oh, you know, it's been busy. It's been busy, which which they were. Right. Um, but uh in terms of overall gross content, like total of what we've got going on, it's not as much as the past few weeks. And I guess that uh, the difference is, uh, is a little different. The difference is a little different. That would have been a great job. Um, it's it's uh, interesting to note. So uh, with that being said, we will jump into it with our uh, Seattle Seahawks here. Um, obviously no game recaps, no injury news. Uh, but in team-related news, we do have some important stuff going on staff-wise for Seattle. On the 11th of the month, the Seahawks and Pete Carroll, um, pardon me, the Seahawks hired former uh, Chicago Bears defensive coordinator Sean Desai as the associate head coach for the defensive side of the ball. Um, Desai's defense allowed just 316.7 yards per game last year, ranking sixth in the NFL. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting, uh, title associate head coach of the defense. I didn't know that was a thing. I learned about that as soon as, uh, I read the news about Desai. Um, but it's, it's a good get, uh, on its own, but also considering the fact that Ed Donatell, who was supposed to come and be part of the, the staff on the defensive side of the ball took, a the defensive coordinator job uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. So, hey, I mean, it makes sense, you know, to to be the DC uh, for a team is probably better than being, you know, uh, a senior defensive uh, staff member, uh, you know. So, best of luck to Donatello and his short-lived Seahawks tenure. Um, also, in staff-related news from the 11th of the month, uh, the team fired offensive line coach Mike Solari. Uh, and the team is expecting to promote from within that promotion from within uh, is running game coordinator, Andy Dickerson, filling that role of offensive line coach Dickerson comes uh, from the Rams. Uh, he came over uh, last year with the addition of Shane Waldron. So um, that is an interesting move there. Uh, I can't tell you that I completely understand the move, um, but offensive line, to me is always, you know, it's, it's always such a big thing. I think that when we look at this offensive line, you need to uh, re-sign Dwayne Brown, um, get a right tackle and a center, and then you're good to go because you've got outside. I mean, the three key pieces of the offensive line you want to keep are Damian Lewis, Gabe Jackson, and Dwayne Brown. Center and right tackle you need to fix. Brandon Shell, fine. I need you to get an upgrade. I don't find is not going to cut it anymore. Center Ethan Posich not you know not cutting it you cannot keep rolling him out there and 
if this news that we have in league news is anything relevant, can't keep rolling him out there against an Aaron Donald potentially year in and year out or against these teams in the NFC West who tend to have good defensive lines. So, um, yeah, the offensive line coach move is not something that I expected to see, but regardless, that's what we had to tell you about. That's what we have to report. Um, and it's an interesting move to say the least to see all of these staff hirings and movement uh, with the Seahawks going on. So continuing in league news, no team news, my apologies. On the 12th of the month, uh, Russell Wilson was on the mad dog podcast at Super Bowl weekend and reiterated his want to stay with the Seahawks. He reiterated that he wants to continue his career with the Seahawks, despite a nearly a year of trade speculation. Um, come on guys. I mean, if you, unless this is your first episode listening to the show, you know how I feel about this topic. Um, it's, it's, it's played out until I see Russell Wilson come out and look the look a camera, look someone in the face and say, I want a trade out of Seattle. I do not want to play here anymore. I'm not buying any of these fucking bullshit report. Well, we got out of the swearing out of the way. Any of these bullshit reports, whether it's from that dickhead Jordan Schultz or anybody that thinks, oh, Russell Wilson doesn't want to be here. No, we're going to put that to bed again. Until Russell Wilson, you know, looks me in the eye, says, I do not want to be in Seattle. Trade me now. I have no reason to believe otherwise. And it, it it's insane because he keeps doubling down on I want to be, you know, how many times does he need to say it, you know, but the media doesn't listen. Oh, you know, maybe he wants to go here. Like all the Saints fans, you really think he would want to go to a cash strapped team like the Saints where they are in their own cap hell right now? I, uh, you know, every time I tell myself I won't get worked up about it when I talk about it, but you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's annoying when the point is, it would be a different thing if Russell hadn't said anything or didn't reiterate that he wants to be with the team and just like, Oh, I'm not sure. Either he, it's not what he's saying, you know? So um, anyway, moving over to league news on the 12th of the month, uh, Sean McVay reportedly was thinking of retiring in order to start a family and spend time with them in the near future. Uh, later that day, McVay would re- uh, confirm that he is committed to this team and coaching and is reportedly in line for an extension after the Super Bowl. Um, on the 13th, the Buccaneers were reportedly eyeing veteran quarterbacks. Tampa Bay is leaving the door open for a return from Tom Brady, but is looking into trades for Russell Wilson. Okay, we'll put that away. Uh, and Deshaun Watson. So. Uh, Tampa Bay looks like they do not want to try to go into some regression sort of mode, which they, uh, unless they're able to really nab a top name, which I don't know how they would do so. Um, uh, you know, unless that happens, uh, Tampa Bay will be an interesting team to look at, um, just in general. Um, uh Gronk, rob gronkowski predicts that tom brady will take a couple of years off to recharge before coming back stating the guy can play at any age so might give a look into when we might see tom brady back uh the green bay packers are reportedly going to offer aaron Rodgers a mega deal the packers are willing to offer the four-time mvp an extension that would make him the league's highest paid quarterback speaking of quarterbacks uh we have 
three headlines coming up after this that are related to quarterbacks. The first one being Kyler Murray is reportedly frustrated with the Cardinals. Murray is embarrassed by the playoff loss to the Rams and thinks that he has been framed as the scapegoat. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders plan to move forward with Derek Carr. The Raiders are expected to discuss a contract extension to keep their franchise quarterback in Las Vegas. Uh, Carson Wentz's future in Indianapolis is reportedly bleak. The Colts are likely to trade and or not andor or release the quarterback before march 19th when his 15 million dollar base salary becomes fully guaranteed um in relation to the super bowl uh aaron donald reportedly told rodney harrison before the game that if the rams won the super bowl there was a strong possibility that he could retire now the rams sadly would win the super bowl 23 to 20 over the cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the only good thing that could come from this would be Aaron Donald retiring. Do I think he's going to do it? No. Have I been wrong about players retiring in this past month? Mm, yes, I have been wrong. So I, I, you know, reverse psychology. I don't think he's going to retire. There you go. Boom. Um, and then the other part of league noise news, News that is sort of uh, team-related news. Uh, Adrian Peterson was arrested on Sunday. The former Seahawks running back was arrested on a felony domestic violence charge at LAX after an altercation with his wife, Ashley, on a plane. So um, troubles with Mr. Peterson there. I mean, with just just uh, considering the circumstance with the arrest at this point um, in that issue um, and considering where he's at in his career, I would fully expect this to be probably the end of adrian peterson's career um i don't know i really don't know um but that is the wrap up for the seahawks there uh expect to see potentially some more uh information relating to the team more so in terms of uh potentially staff um but more than likely uh we might start hearing rumors about uh, free agency and draft sort of things as we continue on here as the Super Bowl has ended the season league season is officially over um, and now we shift into the new league year in a way so uh, moving into the Seattle Mariners here continuing they'll be lockout uh, um, in terms of league notes uh, on the 12th of the month the MLB says that minor leaguers should not be paid for spring training uh, the league says that minor league players should be considered trainees during spring training and should not get paid. That's horseshit and stupid. Um, if you are siding fully with the owners in this decision, you are stupid. You know, I get being a little on both sides. That's fine. I get it. But being fully on the owners, that's a little ridiculous. Um <sighs> I'll, I'll read these things before I get into another lockout spiel. Uh, the MLB Players Association was reportedly unimpressed with the new deal that was offered at the meeting on the 12th. Um, the MLB and the Players Association still have not made much progress towards a new deal after the latest meeting. The Players Association was mainly unimpressed with the newest core economics proposal uh, from the league, meaning that spring training will be delayed. Now, spring training would have really kicked off uh, this upcoming week. So, you know, with that being said, I, I think it's now inevitable and just all but written in stone that spring training itself will be delayed. Um, 
I, I think we talked about this last week. Uh, every week, every day that this continues, the MLB is more than likely alienating more and more people, uh, losing more and more interest. If we look at it, you know, whether it's social media following, whether it's um, probably merchandise, whether it's actual TV rating numbers, uh, you know, or even popularity thing. How many more people, how many people watch the Super Bowl, watch the Super Bowl tonight compared to watch the World Series? You know, uh, I get that it's over multiple games and that's a different thing, but you get where I'm going with this. Uh, the MLB is so far behind uh, so many other sports in this country, uh, whether it is, you know, the NFL or the NBA um, in just terms of general popularity, really. Um doesn't really stick with kids as much. I'm sure, you know, uh, why do you think a lot of these athletes who are multi multi sport athletes tend to go with the other sports over baseball? So uh, the MLB itself is digging its own grave. Um, so from what I understand uh, to this point is that a good amount of what the players side of arguing is uh, wanting to get more protection for the younger players amongst other things, you know, and that's why wouldn't you want to do that? Don't you want to entice people to say, hey, I want to go into this league because I can get a real payout from that. I can really flourish and even I can do it at a younger age as opposed to earning and earning and earning and getting it when I'm, uh, you know, maybe in my middle age, you know. So it's just it's really frustrating. And like I said, the more uh, the longer that this continues, the more it harms the MLB fan base and the baseball fan base as a whole. I know that ESPN will be broadcasting um, the a ton of college baseball this season. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I believe the minor leagues will be fine. I know that the Mar- the Mariners had some minor league signings today, um, but it's just, it's terrible. It's just, and it sucks because, you know, even me, it's not fully gone away, but I can't really be as excited for the season considering I have no idea when the hell it'll start. So that's, uh, it's just, it's, it's a really frustrating thing to note. And I hope that uh, this gets sorted out much sooner rather than later. Um, so uh, looking ahead for the manners again, the MLB is in the lockout. I cannot tell you what the hell we're going to look ahead towards. Um, anyway, this is your time to check out Hom Seattle. That is H-O-M-S-S-E-A-T-T-L-E.com. Hom's has your back in the loving big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. That is H-O-M-S-S-E-A-T-T-L-E.com. I know that Hom's did a Valentine's Day limited edition here. Um, that was really cool to see. And I know that they've had some limited editions in the past week or so. Uh, just kind of sprinkled it around, I, I believe, at Millie, which is a store here in the Seattle area. Um, so, again, that is H-O-M-S-S-E-A-T-T-L-E.com. I'm Seattle. Go check Ray's and Isaac out um, over there and support a good cause. Um, moving over to our Seattle Sounders here. Soon enough, folks, next week we will have Seattle Sounders football. Um, but before that, we have to get to some team news here. Oh, um, so just just 
not necessarily big stuff, but news that we will be getting big stuff here. Uh, the Sounders will be re- making a major announcement on the 16th of February. Um, uh, now, I know that there's supposed to be a uh, press conference for that um, with the details of that to be announced still. Uh, most likely this will be a new training facility. Uh, the Sounders have been looking to get their own training facility um, as they currently share Starfire with a bunch of other, um, well, the, the Seattle Seawolves and a bunch of, it's just a general facility, multi-purpose facility. So that's more than likely what you're looking at. I know some people have said that it'll be a new stadium. There's no way in hell it's going to be a new stadium. They, there's no way in hell the Sounders would bank on playing anywhere else than Lumen Field, at least at this current juncture. Um, some people have said that it'll be a new um, uh, Jersey sponsor. I doubt that highly. Uh, some people said it'll be the world cup. That, that'll be a decision that FIFA makes at a later point in time. And it wouldn't be right now. Um, some people would say that it'll be the new kit that'll be dropping that kit. The team announced would be dropped on the dropped on the 15th of February. So that'll come a day uh, before that other major announcement. So we're going to get two major uh, sounders off the pitch, really related things um, off the pitch related things and back-to-back days. So um, that will be pretty interesting. Yeah. So on the 15th, we will get the Jersey reveal. Uh, the, it'll be the green kit for this year. Um there has been some speculation that it'll have some checker design on it, which is related uh, to the MLS uh, Cup in 2019 when there was um, some checkering going on in the stands. Uh, I believe it was with these cards that you have in the stands. Um, I don't remember fully because I was working that game and I did not have time to stare at the uh, the, the fans. Um, so the kit will be released on the 15th. The team will be making a major announcement, more than likely the training facility on the 16th. And then as we head over to looking ahead, the team will play February 17th at Matagua with a 6 PM Pacific time kickoff in the, their first game of the CONCACAF champions league game, uh, leagues cup there. Uh, so that'll be exciting. Uh, so we're, we're building up here. You can see that, Sounders Sounders season is coming uh, to us here and now right now as I am preparing for next week I can add the regular season uh, I mean it's basically regular season right regular season tab to them instead of regular season Um, so I can put in that matchup as the game recap so we'll have that to look forward to on the 17th and it, it really it really should. I know that we've been talking about it for the longest time here. Uh, it really should be an exciting, exciting season for Seattle. And it really does seem like it'll be a championship or bust sort of thing. Um, so moving over to our Seattle Storm notes here, we had a pretty important uh, press conference on the 10th of the month. Brianna Stewart held a press conference in regards to her. Um, signing a one-year deal with Storm. 
Uh, Stewie spoke on a number of topics, including why she signed a one-year deal, citing the WNBA's prioritization clause that takes effect in 2023-2024 being a big issue. Uh, So basically what it is, uh, is that players who also play overseas will be required to be available from the start of training camp or they will not be able to play. Uh, the first year, the those players will get fined for every day or game that they miss. The second year, if they aren't at training camp, they can't play that entire season. Now, this is a big deal because essentially what it means is that players who make a lot more money playing overseas, uh, like, for example, Brenna Stewart plays with a Russian powerhouse team uh, in the offseason sometimes. Um, it means the, the, the league is essentially penalizing these players for playing overseas in a way. Um, so the, it, it also comes into effect with what Liz Cambage was saying um, a week or two ago in relation to why Becky Hammond is getting paid what she is in relation to why some of these players are not getting paid uh, higher amounts. So uh, that that's that. And that, shed some positive light on why Stewie only signed a one-year deal. Uh, she talked about playing with Sue Bird. Uh, the quote, to play with Sue Bird has been an honor. It's been one of the greatest highlights of my basketball career. To step on the floor with the greatest point guard to ever play, she's someone I obviously look up to and respect a lot. She spoke about her future. I'm committed to Seattle for this season, and we're going to focus on right now. As you guys can see in free agency, we're definitely in a win-now mode. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'll comment on that after the uh, we get through the entirety of the press conference. Uh, in relation to free agency, Stewie said, to be honest, it reminded me of when I was being recruited in high school. It was just an opportunity for me to see what other organizations are doing and then bring it back to Seattle and see how we can be better. So that shines some positive light um, on her speaking with New York. A few weeks ago, uh, she also said, I'm definitely happy to be back with Storm and I have and have my family here in Seattle. Seattle has been my home. Seattle is where family has been made. Obviously, this franchise is my family. I actually just saw Climate Pledge for the first time. It's exciting. There wasn't a chance I was going to go anywhere else than Seattle. If I'm quite honest, I'm not happy about. Well, she also cited, you know, the prioritization uh, prioritization clause, you know, WNBA, uh, her, her dismay. So, um, that, that's, uh, a lot of this press conference was really reassuring and it was just good to hear that, um, it doesn't sound like she's unhappy and, uh, it could be Stewie just saying these things, you know, after she signed a one-year deal, but, um, it, 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 I don't know. It, 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 uh, it alleviated a lot of worries for me and a lot of stress I had about Brianna Stewart leaving. Uh, it, at least for the time being, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. So that is what's going on with Stewie and it's going on in Stormland. N- nothing really outside of that. Uh, as we head over to uh, Maestro Athletics, that is M-A-E-S-T-R-O-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-S, Maestro Athletics. Go and check them out. Uh, I know that they've got some things in the works, including a new O'Day Fighting Irish hat uh, that they have teased um, on Instagram. So go and take a look at that uh, if you're interested. I know they've, no, they've uh, woo, pardon me, 
I know they've got some other stuff on the table that they're working on. Uh, as we move over to our Seattle Kraken here, uh, in the last three games, two games that they played, sorry, uh, we would include the February 14th game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, but that game is going to push into uh, late into the night uh, when we normally record um, on Monday. And there's also, excuse me, Valentine's Day that day. So that's a little bit of a, a difficult day there. Um, so we will cover that next week for you. Uh, so live tweet and everything as always. If you're not following us on social media, by the way, you should go ahead and do so. Um, we live tweet just about every single uh, game of the teams that we cover have, you know, updated news posted. We've post videos of the games. Um, we've got other stuff in the works for you as well. Um, so go ahead and follow us on there on Twitter. It's at circling sports. And then over on Instagram, it should be the same um, on Instagram. It's circling Seattle sports. So we've got the full active um tag on instagram and then the facebook is just circling seattle sports so uh please feel free to go ahead and uh follow us on social media uh we're really active on there um anyway getting into our show crack and game recaps here on the ninth uh the team played at home versus the arizona coyotes looking to avenge their loss earlier in the season to the coyotes uh, they did not do that. They would lose that game five to two. It would be closer than it appeared. Uh, Arizona was able to get two open net goals after Seattle pulled Philip Grubauer in an attempt to get another goal. Uh, that didn't work out though. Uh, player of the game would be Colin Blackwell with a goal, a point, two shots on goal, one hit, and a takeaway. Uh, difficult game there. Just just some sloppy work by Seattle. Uh, the February 11th game in Anaheim against the Ducks was a 4-3 to win. It was a little sloppy as well, but Seattle was able to pull that out uh, in a really tough and close game. Uh, players of the game, number one would be Ryan Donato with two goals, two points, a one plus minus, five shots on goal, and one takeaway. And then the second player of the game we would have would be Yanni Gord with two assists, two points, a two plus minus, and four hits. Looking into team-related news, on the ninth of the month, the team reclaimed Dennis Chelowski off of waivers. He was originally selected by Seattle in the expansion draft, uh, but was claimed off of waivers in October by the Washington Capitals. Uh, in a corresponding move, he was immediately outrighted to the AHL affiliate for this year for Seattle, the Charlotte Checkers. Um, so, at the current moment, the team's record sits at 16 wins, 28 losses, and four overtime losses resulting in 36 points. The team still sits at eighth in the Pacific Division. Uh, looking ahead for you next week, we will cover their four games. Uh, February 14th versus the Toronto Maple Leafs at 6 o'clock. February 17th at the Winnipeg Jets at 5 o'clock. February 19th at the Calgary Flames at 7 o'clock. And February 21st at the Vancouver Canucks at 7 o'clock. Uh, no preseason news for the rain here. Uh, not much going on after the uh, Challenge Cup roster was announced. Uh, the preseason roster, the Challenge Cup schedule. Uh, the team has come back to the area and they are training up here. So training continues to go on. Um, when we get more news 
on anything. We will keep you updated on that, but a quiet week for the rain. Moving over to our Seattle Seawolves. Uh, Seattle Seawolves rugby on the 10th of the month, the team would play the Utah Warriors, winning that game 20 to 17. Um, our player of the game would be Ben Landry with 11 carries, one offload, 14 tackles, and 10 ruck arrivals in 80 minutes played. Uh, the team moves to 2 0 for the first time in franchise history. So that's exciting. Um, standing currently in second in the Western Conference. Let me make sure that's correct, though, unless something changed. But I highly doubt that. No, yes, Seattle is in third in the Western Conference now. Uh, but their next game that they're going to play on February 20th at San Diego Legion uh, with a 2 o'clock start time is San Diego is second in the Western Conference. So a chance there to uh, really get some early momentum um, and take out one of the, obviously the top teams in the conference at this current point um, in the season. I know it's early on, but uh, the team has looked good, uh, made a little bit, made, made it uh, sloppy on themselves. Um, but the seawall, the seawall defense really came out and showed up, uh, especially in the last uh, last minute of the game to uh, hold Utah um, away from another scoring chance there. Excuse me. As we continue on here, no Sonics news, obviously, uh, no Dragons news till next year. Uh, in UW Athletics, we head over to basketball, starting with men's basketball. The team played uh, two games on the 10th and the 12th versus Arizona State and number four, Arizona, respectfully. Um, firstly, on the 10th against Arizona State at home, winning that game 87 to 64. Player of the game being Terrell Brown Jr. with 19 points, three rebounds, and eight assists. Uh, then on the 12th versus number four, Arizona, unfortunately, losing that game 68 to 92. Uh, player of the game being Terrell Brown Jr. with 29 points, five rebounds, and two assists. Um, that Arizona game is a tough one simply because uh, the Huskies led that game early, had a 10-point lead coming out, came out firing effectively, and then the Wildcats were able to really get their bearings and get back into the game and just take over. Um, it sucks. really sucks. Um so the Huskies now fall to a 13 and 10 record sitting at sixth in the pack 12 uh, looking ahead. Their next games are February 17th at USC with an eight 30 uh, o'clock tip off and February 19th at UCLA uh, with a seven o'clock tip off. Those do not look to be easy games. Uh, the women's team as well. Speaking of not easy games, unfortunately uh, the team played the 11th and the 13th at home uh versus usc and ucla respectively that game against usc on the 11th the team will lose 59 to 70 uh player of the game lauren schwartz with 16 points five rebounds and two assists on the 13th versus ucla losing that game 61 to 69 player of the game being lauren schwartz with 17 points two rebounds four assists and a steal the women's team's issue is that they cannot sustain the good runs and the good moments that they have for a full a full game, really. Um, and a lot of the games you see, the team is in the game at half, 
or they are leading the game at half and then the wheels just fall off of the thing which is really unfortunate which is it's just really frustrating the team has not won a game in several months um they have not won a game in conference play uh and it's just a frustrating year it could be a transition year for tina langley um but it sucks because you've got nancy mulkey and lauren schwartz uh and they're i believe both final years um of eligibility i believe Haley van dyke is also in her final year uh and so it sucks you know uh it's really unfortunate uh to see that so the huskies now drop to a five and twelve record oh i believe that's five and thirteen now and they are last in the Pac-12. Their upcoming games are February 18th versus number six ranked Arizona at 7 o'clock and February 20th uh, versus Arizona State with a 12 o'clock start. Uh, no baseball news except for the fact that they've got an upcoming schedule uh, February 18th through 20th at Cal Poly. Uh, softball got underway this uh, past week finally. Uh, in the Puerto, Vari- uh, Puerto uh, Vallarta College Challenge, uh, February 10th versus Lamar, winning that game 12 to 2 in five innings, courtesy of the eight run rule. Player of the game would be a designated player slash catcher, Olivia Johnson. Remember that name, folks, Olivia Johnson. She's going to be a big deal. Um, going three for three with three runs and five RBIs in her first collegiate at-bat hitting a home run, and in her second collegiate at-bat hitting a home run. Olivia Johnson, please remember that name. It is already sticking out. Uh, February 11th versus Long Beach State, winning that game 8-3, uh, player of the game being center fielder slash designated player Sarah Willis, winning uh, going two for four with one run and four RBIs. The second game of the day being against number eight ranked Arkansas, winning that game eight to nothing in six innings, courtesy of the eight run rule. Player of the game would be catcher Olivia Johnson once again, uh, going two for two with a run, three RBIs, and being walked twice. Uh, February 12th versus Rutgers, uh, winning that game nine to nothing, courtesy of the five inning rule. Player of the game being left fielder Sammy Reynolds, going three for four with two runs. And three RBIs. Freshman, yes, freshman Olivia Johnson was walked four times in that game. And then February 12th versus Arkansas, winning that game 10 to 5. Player of the game would be third baseman Bailey Klingler, going two for four with one run and four RBIs, hitting a grand slam to really blow that game open and get the lead back for the Huskies there. Uh, in team related news, uh, there were some Puerto God, I almost said it again. Puerto Vallarta. College Challenge Awards. Uh, Olivia Johnson would win MVP of the tournament, and Gabby Plain and Bailey Klingler would be named to the all tournament team. Uh, the team sits at seventh in the country in national ranking. The, they sit at a 5 0 record, second in the Pac 12. Their upcoming schedule is the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational playing February 18th versus LSU at 9 30 a.m. and February 18th. I don't know, obviously, I don't know why I repeated that, uh, versus LSU at 4 o'clock, February 19th versus Texas Tech at 11.30, and then the same day against Oklahoma State at 3 o'clock, and then finishing up that tournament February 20th versus Clemson at 7 o'clock. Uh, no soccer news there, no volleyball news, no men's hockey news. 
Um, but the upcoming game for the women's team is February 26th versus oh, uh, oh versus Boise State at 8 o'clock at the Kraken Community Iceplex. If you have the time, I recommend you go and check out Husky Hockey. Ooh, how did he? Husky Women's Hockey. Um, go and support it. Go out. Um and support your Huskies. If you're if you're a Husky fan, please come out and support your Lady Huskies, uh, your women's Husky team. They deserve it, uh, and it's really exciting to watch Hus- uh, hockey uh, alone grow in this area, let alone Husky women's hockey. So uh, go and check them out. With that being said, it's a short episode. We are already done. Um, yeah, kind of interesting um, to to go into a shorter week. Uh, with that being said, I want to thank everybody that's tuned in. We have passed 3,000 uh, total listeners, um, total listens, that is, uh, which is kind of cool to look at milestones like that. I uh, recently discovered that um, I have a rival in the uh, Seattle sports podcast covering every single pro team area. They don't have me in colleges, but pro teams, I've got a rival, so... I got work to do, folks. I have work to do. Uh, with that being said, um, I want to thank everybody that tunes in week in and week out. Please uh, give us follows on social media at Twitter at Circling Sports, on Instagram at Circling Seattle Sports, all one word, and then on Facebook, Circling Seattle Sports. Please tune in, absolutely. Um, and with that being said, we will see you next week. Take care of yourself um, and be well. Baba Bowie.